This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. From Studio A at Trine University, this is Trine Talk. So we welcome in Dr. Earl Brooks to our podcast this week. I was looking over your bio, and I see you took over as the president at Trine in the year 2000. That's correct. So what were you doing before that? Well, I had been uh, executive vice president the prior three years at Wesley College in Dover, Delaware, sort of the chief operating officer there. was in a sort of a rebuilding situation with a colleague friend of mine for three years, kind of rebuilding enrollment, residential growth, introducing new programs, overhauling the institution, kicking off a new capital campaign. And then prior to those three years, I spent 17 years at Lincoln Memorial University in East Tennessee, which was close, was in, actually in my hometown where I, uh, where I grew up. And then prior to that, spent some time at uh, in two or three different capacities at the University of Tennessee. Did you know you wanted to be an educator even when you were young? Well, my grandfather was... Uh, a school teacher in the old uh, one-room school houses mm-hmm. where you taught multiple grades and things of that nature. So education was sort of instilled, I guess, in my head, but really thought I originally wanted to be a veterinarian, mm-hmm. majored in animal science as an undergraduate, and went on and got my master's degree, and then kind of took a turn along the way and got into uh, animal research and nutrition. So my Ph.D. is in animal nutrition, huh. which really has a lot to do with being a college administrator and being a college <laughs> president. Uh, but, but along the way, after I, after I finished my uh, master's degree, I actually got an opportunity to, to begin teaching at Lincoln Memorial mm-hmm. University, where I spent 17 years of my career. And that's where I really got, I think, uh, hooked on the classroom and higher education and teaching. And so I uh, taught part-time while I completed my Ph.D., and then I... Uh, followed the gentleman who was the department chairman as chair of the department once I got my PhD. He had kind of mentored me and led me along to succeed or follow him as as the chair. And so from chairman, I became an academic dean and from academic dean to eventually vice president for academics. But made a really interesting change uh, in higher ed when I went from being in academics to development work and fundraising. And that came about as a result of I'd, I was – into starting new programs in my in my deans and BPAA role. So I'd been pretty successful starting a nursing program and a medical technology program and a veterinary technology program. But in the startup of those, I actually found myself acquiring equipment, raising money to support the academic. And that's really how I got over into the development piece. And so, yeah. Good story. So in addition to being an educator, you're a family man. Where did you meet your wife? Met my actually met my wife at Lincoln Memorial University. That's uh-huh. where we uh, we were both uh, working at the time. She was, I was uh, early on administrator there. She finished up her degree, began began working there, and then we, when we left there, we had uh, we got married. Left, went to uh, Delaware, where she actually uh, worked for a while there, and then worked on her master's degree while mm-hmm. we were in Delaware. Mm-hmm. So since you've been here, this, this twenty years. So much has changed uh, from Tri-State University to Trine, uh, totally revamping the facilities on campus. The campus looks completely different for people who haven't visited for a while. When you look back at all of the success, 
Is there a commonality to it? Is there a key uh, philosophy that, that you see as being uh, sort of the driver of all of the success? I think the key is involving uh, people and creating a vision mm-hmm. and of something that people want to be involved with. I think when I arrived, the university had done a really good job of putting walls around itself, and you know we had sort of shut the community out. We didn't didn't have the town gown engagement we would like to have. We had done a very good job of communicating with our alumni base and keeping mm-hmm. our main constituents involved, and so I think communication, setting a vision, having a few good things happen, and we all are aware of when good things happen, people want to get on board. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is a multi-layer effect of hundreds of thousands of people that have really created what has happened here over that period of time. So if there's anything, I think it's trying to get more and more people engaged, back on board, understanding what's mm-hmm. happening at the university, understanding name change itself, which was a little controversial mm-hmm. at the time, but the success of getting more and more donors, people involved, people coming back, people supporting us with internships, co-ops. We all know the job placement story that comes about because of those businesses and industries that are mm-hmm. able to support internships, co-ops, faculty and staff that do a tremendous job of preparing students for a quality education. And, and it's, and it's real-world education. Our graduates are ready to go to work, whether it's in engineering or healthcare or education, whatever the – uh, the field. So I'm really, and we, and we changed the culture of people that I think are really uh, dedicated and understanding whether it's part of the enrollment process or the education process or the recruitment process. Everybody's really hands-on and it's just a, just a great environment, a great place to be. Busy couple of decades for you. Has been. You know, some, <laughs> some days it, some days it seems like 50 years and some, some days, you know, it feels like only two or three years, but it's been, uh, been great to be a part of that you know sometimes uh you know you you feel like you're led here for a reason you know mm-hmm. things happen yep. for a reason and uh it was a, it was a great opportunity and fit for uh melanie and i early in 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 my career and uh you know i came and i was at the time was the youngest president of the state of indiana at 44 now next year i'll be the longest serving mm-hmm. <laughs> in the state of indiana but it's been a joy and a pleasure. We made a made a lot of great friends. We brought a lot of great folks on board to support the university. But most importantly, I think we've helped a lot of great young people. And at the end, oh, of the, yeah. at the end of the day, that's what we all do. It's about helping young people and looking mm-hmm. at the future and uh, providing leaders for the future. But what about that stability of leadership? That that stability of message and focus over that time that that has to have helped the success I would well, think. Well again we, we were able to build uh, build team. We were able to, you know, the, the transformation was a total transformation. It was building team, building people, transforming the campus, transforming even our board of trustees mm-hmm. to bring on a mix of leadership and variety. When I arrived we had uh, capacity for 25 trustees that's now increased to 30 but my story is that 24 of those 25 trustees at the time were alumni of the university mm-hmm. and so they remember the good old days mm-hmm. and how it was to do those things and so there was a little more resistance to change and so the slow transformation of our board was important now we're still probably about 60 percent alumni 60 40 split but we got the the really good mix of different business professionals throughout different industries law uh, medicine you know manufacturing whatever it might be legal to have really all the players we think at the table that can 
buy into the vision, give us good direction. And if there's been one thing we've had good success in that I think often you don't see in higher ed is really having a common web and weave through it of an administration and a board of trustees that are on the same page supporting mm-hmm. one one vision, one mission for this institution. Your Vols finished seven and five. Yeah, they I'm have, excited. They have <laughs> qualified for the Gator Bowl. Uh, they take on Indiana. Uh, who do you like in that one? I think it'll be. I think it'll be a really good game. I'm real. I'm really uh, uh, become an Indiana fan this year. I think the coach there has done a fantastic yeah, job. And I think it's I applaud him for getting the extension. It's been uh, been a, a tough time for uh, Tennessee football since the days of Philip Fulmer. And so you know, uh, early in the year we start out one and four. Mm-hmm. Boy, I didn't know where this was going. But you know, uh, I think with uh, time Jeremy Pruitt's going to turn things around he certainly has a good pedigree and background coming from Alabama as a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. I think Alabama are showing some signs of Jeremy Pruitt leaving mm-hmm. yeah, there sure. who was their defensive coordinator so yeah we're excited just to go bowling again playing against Indiana I think it'd be a great Gator Bowl and I think it'll probably be well attended I think both teams will travel well and get there and uh, we're looking for better things ahead in Tennessee football whenever I'm broadcasting the the home trying games I'm your neighbor. I look right next door, and that's the president's box, and you're there with a lot of friends of the university. Yeah. Uh, first of all, do you, you actually get to watch the game? Or I are try you busy? to watch some of the game. I'm busy <laughs> some. You know, we have a lot of special friends, guests, donors in there that we try to uh, to entertain. But, yeah, I still keep a careful eye on the ball game. I'm a big, uh, big athletic fan. Try to do all I can do to get as many athletic events as I can to support our uh, – Students, because I really enjoy Division Three athletics and what we've been able to uh, uh, accomplish here with it, and uh, really enjoy uh, those football afternoons on a small campus environment. I think it's I think it's the greatest. The vibe at the Zollner Stadium is is so exciting. Yeah. There's so much energy there, and they've had great success. This year is a little down, but they'll build up very quickly. This summer, when I was new to campus, I just I would come once a week to meet people. I'd get three or four appointments, and I would just sit down and visit with people that I'd be working with. And one of the guys that blew me away right right away was Matt Land. Yeah. I mean, Coach Land, you talk about energy and passion and vision. Uh, he's worked out pretty well for the athletic department, hasn't he? Yes, he's been a what a what a great story. So. Matt's part of this transformation, mm-hmm. particularly of what we've been able to do in athletics. So we hired Matt after three years. We were two and twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. He came in and inherited a two and twenty-eight program. I think we only had forty, forty-five players mm-hmm. returning. Took a bit of a gamble. We hired a, a you know, he was a successful high school football coach mm-hmm. in Fort Wayne and Southside. Had been to the state playoffs. We had not done a very good job, I felt like, penetrating that Fort Wayne market mm-hmm. who has a lot of athletes. And, boy, what a great hire. So we went mm-hmm. from 0-10 uh, when Matt came in to 10-0 and 0 in three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story goes from there, you know, three straight trips to the uh, national playoffs. Just got beat by eyelash on a bam, you know, uh, quick bam bam play you know to Whitewater who's the you know the perennial national Mm -hmm. power in the playoffs and Eric Watts final year have a Gallardi trophy winner which few institutions can tout and then the transition that Matt led when he decided to move over into athletic administration with Troy Abs, who was part of his staff what a seamless transition that's been and now Mm -hmm. 
Troy himself has enjoyed his own success uh, at this level, and Matt's continued to grow in his leadership as we've expanded programs and facilities. Uh, what a great asset to Tryon University. One of the first anecdotes he shared with me was the summer when you told him we were going to have hockey. And he said, yeah, a couple, two, three years, we can have hockey. He said, no, for the fall. And so talk about hockey. Why, why was that something you saw as important to bring, and, and how has that worked out so far? Well, we kept watching a little bit the, the growth of high school hockey in mm -hmm. the Fort Wayne market and saw what was going on there. We saw the success that Adrian College had and mm -hmm. as part of the uh, uh, MIAA. Felt like we were in a in a, in a in a good place, uh, studied it some. But I think the thing that really helped us is we developed the vision and saw we could start two or three teams out of the, out of the gate is we'd had enough discussion with some of our donors that we felt like we could build this facility debt-free. Mm -hmm. And we were able to do that mm -hmm. through the help particularly of Rick and Vicki James and the James Foundation and some of our other trustees of uh, Keith Turner and Larry Reiners. Then the city went in with us and we were able to get uh, state economic development money through the Regional Cities Project and then the DECO Foundation stepped in. And so next thing you know, we funded a, a facility and uh, Matt, Matt probably wasn't the biggest fan of hockey coming to Tryon when we first talked about it, but I, we, we joke about that often, but he really has embraced it. But what I will say about Matt is come May that year, we had already really pretty much recruited three full teams. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, I think we can start a fourth team, a club mm -hmm. team, and get it fielded by fall. And sure enough, we did. So now we've got those uh, – we have the only, uh, as you know, division, only intercollegiate women's hockey team mm -hmm. in the state of Indiana, a, a D3 men and women's team, two club teams, now uh, synchronized skating mm -hmm. as a part of it. So, you know, we roughly have 125 students with a little bit different demographic here at Trine University that we w otherwise we would not have. But it, but it has also such a community impact uh, in terms right. of youth and uh, working with Turnstone on uh, sled hockey and things of that mm -hmm. nature. It's, it's been exciting to see what it's done for our community. I had a couple of chances to meet Mayor Hickman, and yeah. that's one of the things he couldn't stop talking about. You, you mentioned it at the beginning, but just the relationship that you've cultivated with the city of Angola. Yeah. And, and Mayor Hickman, really grateful, especially, I think, for the Thunder Ice Arena and uh, what that's brought to the city of Angola in terms of you know, people coming to town, in terms of you know young people getting a chance yeah. who had never skated before to take advantage of that facility. And I know that's a nice aspect of that whole project, isn't it? It, it is. I think the community aspect and what it's done for us to involve you know 150 youth and anything mm -hmm. from learn to skate to youth hockey to I think we got broom hockey going in mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, the mayor always joked that... Uh, he wanted something here, the equivalent of what Fort Wayne had of their Parkview Field, mm -hmm. so that's what he refers to as the Thunder Ice Arena. But that that project most likely would not have happened were it not with the support of the city who went with us to to uh, earn $2.8 million mm -hmm. in state money. They themselves made an investment in that uh, facility. But what a great uh, what a great community facility, as is the first center. You know, largely mm -hmm. those two things, yes, yeah, support things we do at the university, but they're also largely community mm -hmm. facilities, and that's a key role that we need to play as a university. You guys had Dion Warwick here this summer. Isn't that neat? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's neat. <laughs> I so couldn't believe had, it. It's neat. It's, uh, you know, uh, heavy, uh, 
heavy schedule here on the holidays with the Philharmonic coming, mm-hmm. and I think Randy White told me recently we got Charlie Daniels coming up. So yeah, great great cast of folks. If you ever go there and look at the Wall of Fame in the first center, it's kind of a who's who of some great folks we've had here over the course of the last three or four years. I saw you and your wife at the last basketball game uh, up there by the box and enjoying it. And I, I can't imagine what that's like for you to sit in that building and just look around and think about how that place came together. You know, when I before I even hired on here, that's one of the first places they took me on a tour, and yeah. and I was speechless when I walked in there. Yeah. It, it's a showstopper. Um, talk about the MTI Center and, and what it's brought to campus. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at awe every time I walk into it, too, today after a couple of years. The, the same way I am with the first center after five or five or six years of facilities just come together. You know, we look, we, we looked at those things, and, and we look on a small scale of, and I'll get to MTI in a minute, of what first center did for us for music, mm-hmm. of a orchestra, a choir, a marching band, all those things, a minor, but Again, the community aspect of the entertainment groups were able to bring there, our speaker series and things like that. But the MTI Center is an awesome facility. Uh, Mike Bach, our former senior vice president, was with us and used to oversee construction and campus operations here, visited a lot of facilities and looking at both uh, pros and cons of facilities when we looked at MTI and the same for Ice Arena to try to bring the right mix of the best we saw in all those facilities in into one and wow what a great job when you look at it's combined with a clubhouse for the Zollner golf mm-hmm. course the uh, little arena for esports which we quickly have outgrown and going to have to figure what what to do but uh, the bowling alley six lane mm-hmm. bowling alley we started two two bowling teams but what a great facility to walk into for multiple events and we're hoping at some point in time to actually host a concert in there as well well, Indiana, the state of Indiana basketball is kind of a big deal. Yeah. And to have a facility like that and, you know, talking to Coach Miller and, and uh, Coach Rang, they're so proud of it. And I think the players are really proud to represent Trine in that building. Yeah. Uh, really, really exciting. When you think about what has happened over the 20 years and all of these successes that we've talked about, what, what's the next step? I mean, as you look into the near future, what's right around the corner for Trine University as you continue to grow? Yeah, I think, I think for us, uh, a step we took five years ago was to move into uh, the health sciences in a really big way. It's a really good complement to uh, trying as an institution, which is a little bit more of a professional-oriented institution versus traditional liberal arts. Not that we don't uh, embellish and cherish those liberal arts programs that we have, but we think there's a real opportunity with uh, our partner in Parkview Health to expand into the health sciences. Very successful doctorate program in physical therapy now, and now a master's program in, in uh, physician assistant. Started a surge tech program this year. Uh, Moving to an RN to BSN program online next fall, physical therapy assistant. But then we've got uh, anesthesiology, occupational therapy, speech pathology, all on the drawing board uh, at the Parkview Center. And we currently occupy about 40,000 square feet in their Carew Street facility. We really need to double that amount of space to go where we would like to go. So we're already in discussions with them about either expanding more space there or the potential of possibly a new facility uh, at the North Campus. So I think a, a great opportunity, filling a void in a market niche that's not being served. And again, a great career outcome for our students at the end of those programs. So much happening, so much positive energy at Trine University. Uh, the leader of all of that is Dr. Brooks. 
Uh, I hope Tennessee gets it done for you. I, I'll be <laughs> I'll be thinking of you that day Thank you. I when I watch that. the Gator Bowl. I appreciate that. Go Big Orange. Go Big Orange and go Trine University. Have a great Christmas and thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to have you and glad to have you here at Trine University. Thanks for listening to Trine Talk. Follow Andy Brown on his Twitter feed at Trine Voice. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.